Hey, what's up, guys? It's Daniel. Um, calling in for the first time in a while. Um, just wanted to be the first one to wish you um, congratulations on your 103rd episode. Um, huge achievement. Can't wait for the next 103. <sighs> okay, Dan, I know that we said that we were going to get all of these episodes done really early, and we said we were going to record tonight, but I don't, I don't know if I can today. Why not? It's just been such a manic Monday. <laughs> you feel that? You feel that shame? You feel that shame, that, that pit of your stomach, that that's the best you could do, that the listeners are expecting so much and that's the best you could do? That's what I feel every week. It's not so easy, is it? everyone and welcome to Sadie Hawkins pod. <laughs> oh, I'm so tired. <laughs> no, we've done you, it. It's done. No, it's you just you woke me up. I was kissing Valentino <laughs> by a crystal blue Italian stream. Oh, now I'm podcasting. Got to get to pot on time. And here we are, ready to pot on time. You know, I thought I'd let you off the hook and do the bit this week, but clearly you had your own thing that you were. No, I didn't know what I was going to do. I was really glad. <laughs> I didn't when either. You were like... I sat down and I was like, we're doing it. This is what we're doing. <laughs> so, yeah, this week we're talking about Manic Monday, and this goes back to uh, we previously talked about this song on Punk Goes Pod yeah. with our friends Sam and Emma, where they go over. Every song in the Fearless Records Punk's, Punk Goes Ellipses series. So on their podcast back in February, February 18th, their 78th episode, and they're up to uh, 92 episodes now, we appeared on their podcast. So we're kind of doing a mini episode going over Manic Monday for ourselves, and then we're going to kind of simulcast our appearance on their show. Yeah. And, you know, they were previously also on our show yep. for Who I Am, Hey Too, I've Been. And then I guess at some point they're going to do a Who I Am, Hates Who I've Been episode as well. So we all get to do the songs in each other's podcasts, but we air the sections separate. So after you listen to this episode, you should go listen to Punko's pod. You should be subscribed and be listening to them anyway, but yeah. you should go listen to episode 78 because Sam and Emma will have a whole different lead up to the conversation with all four of us, same as we're doing. So you get different content in both episodes and you can hear the same group conversation in both episodes. So you can hear one group conversation in one podcast, but go listen to the first half of both podcasts. Get it? I don't. So we're talking Manic Monday this week. And this is technically a regular episode, and we still have a couple of voicemails left over that I've been wanting to get to. We're going to have so many voicemails stacked up as well, because full disclosure, we're recording this before... I Need You even comes out. Right. We're banking some episodes because it's summer. And, and we've got a lot going on. Yeah. So. Next week. Actually, when this episode comes out, I won't. Danny and I won't even be together. Um, I'm having to fly down to Florida. Uh, my dad has cancer and is having surgery for that. So keep right. him in your prayers. We and, talked about it in the Patreon yeah. episode, but we didn't talk about it in front of the paywall. I was letting Jessica decide if she does want to talk about it, but. 
that's what's going on. We have a lot of like kind of serious stuff going on, and uh, yeah. So, so next, we're this week. This week, I will be down there without Danny, and then he's going to fly down and join us for as I help out with some of my dad's recovery, and then we're going to go up to Boston and visit Danny's family. So the next few episodes will probably be pre-recorded. So if you call and leave a voicemail and we don't get to it, it's because... Yeah, it's outside the usual Yeah. Place, so just letting everyone know. So let's clear some of these voicemails before that may or may not happen. Here's Daniel calling back in April about Be My Escape. What's up, guys? It's Daniel. Mr. You can see my stock. I think I'm calling a little bit too late for the next episode. <laughs> Are you? <laughs> but um, just have some more thoughts on your part two of Be My Escape. Definitely agree that it sounds like two different songs mashed together, and that's why I've always kind of never been super hot on Be My Escape, especially compared to, well, most of the rest of the mm-hmm album, but up against uh, Who I Am Hate to Up In, I definitely prefer that one instead of Be My Escape. Um, like, the intro is great, and then it's just so jarring when it just cuts to going from minor key, like, hard rock kind of thing into just, like, major key piano. I don't know if it would make it better if, like, that piano part was, you know, still in kind of the minor key mode, if that would help that transition a little bit. Well, that's what I've been saying forever, right? Yeah, yeah for sure. <laughs> it's appropriate that you played this this time because this song, Manic Monday, appears on Mm-hmm 10. That's right. So yeah. this is technically an Mm-hmm episode, so this all ties together. Also, Daniel must call us at around the same point in his commute every time because the turn signal goes off at like <laughs> five seconds in. Right. <laughs> every voicemail. I'm not sure what they would need to do. Um, but I think the other part of the song is like, I'll always be a little bit mad that it was like their big single. I know that supposedly who I am charted higher, but like, this is canonically like their, their big hit. Um, like in some ways it's great because it's got some of the classic, like teasing kind of stuff with like the slow outro that he always puts in songs. Um, but it also, like, doesn't necessarily make for, like, the greatest, like, pop single or whatever. Um, and so I just wish that they had been able to put their best foot forward, so to speak, with a different song. Um, anyway, um, a couple other random things. Um, you are talking about, like, the Bottle of Beast from Screaming Infidelities. I think I read that it's, the beer was Milwaukee's Best, and they just, like, nicknamed it Beast instead of Best or something. So it's kind of an inside joke. I'd heard that as well. That's on the that's on the genius. Go. This goes back to off topics we were doing in the Be My Escape episode. But I, it's on genius that it says bottle of beast is a reference to Milwaukee's best. But I was always like, is that true? Like that might be true, but it just seems so strange because that song is about like dealing with such a horrible heartache, and then he's just drinking like a light Milwaukee beer. It's probably not a light beer, but he's just drinking like a pedestrian milwaukee beer yeah no he he judges people who drink light beer <laughs> what dashboard confessional miller light oh that mxcx video you're talking about where they like wake up and play in their pajamas that's for my mistake um i had a tooth and nail dvd um that had a bunch of music videos on it and that was i think the second music video on it um pretty much every day after getting home from school in 
uh, ninth grade, I would uh, just sit down at the computer and, like, pop that DVD in and watch those music videos while I was playing Minesweeper. So, anyway, fun stuff. Go Sadie Hawkins Pod. I almost said Sadie Hawkins Pod for life, but uh, I don't know if you want me to say that or not. <laughs> anyway, take care, guys. <laughs> well, thanks. Yeah, so... Yeah, go Sadie Hawkins Pod. Go, go. go Sadie Hawkins Pod. Go. That Woo. should be our new email, our new voicemail sign up. Go <laughs> Sadie Hawkins Pod. Go. We finally got it. One hundred and three episodes in. <laughs> Every voicemail should end with "Go Sadie Hawkins Pod." Go. Um, so thank you very much, Daniel. Uh, sorry for taking forever to get to that, but yeah, good observations and um, Minesweeper, fun game. Good fun stuff. game. Used to yeah. play that a lot too. Yeah, I was so, more of a solitaire girl myself, but... Well, I played everything. Free Cell. Did you play Free Cell? No, solitaire, I couldn't get into Free Cell. Ski Free. My first experience with horror survival video games where you have to escape the abominable snowman at the end. Did you ever play Treasure Mountain? No. That was great. Was that, that a was built-in a Windows one. game? or No, it was like, it must have been an add-on or something. I don't know. They always had it at school, like in computer class. I don't even know if they do computer class anymore. Kids are just born with, with small computers in their hands nowadays. <laughs> but back in the 90s, we had computer class. and Maybe computer classes are a little bit more advanced nowadays than yeah. they were when we were kids. <laughs> You're just like ahead. learning typing times. and <laughs> Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, we'll get on to the song. So this is Manic Monday we're talking about this week. A little bit out of our normal structure, like I said, because we're going to go to the Punko's Pod conversation later. And in that, we talk about covers and we talk more about the history of the song. But there is some stuff that Sam and Emma talk about separately in their episode that we should also cover. But I didn't go back and listen to their episode, <laughs> so I'm not sure what it is. So inevitably, we're going to repeat some stuff here that I'm sure we're going to repeat in the joined conversation sure. later. But uh, here's yeah. something that I have that will not that I I really don't think that they could possibly have ta- spoken about because okay. this it'd be weird if they did. This was the first Reliant K cover I ever heard because the show that I went to with Reliant K I think was around the same time that this Punk Goes came out maybe, mm-hmm. but because of the structure of that show because they were opening and they had that very tight like we're just playing these songs off mm-hmm, sort of set they didn't do any covers like Reliant K is known to do at their usual concerts like they had to hurry it up and then get on to Simple Plan and Good Charlotte right. so this was the first Reliant K cover I ever heard and I was so excited because it was two of my favorite things Reliant K and 80s music and more so this was a song that was near and dear to my heart because the original version of Manic Monday was the first real song I learned how to play on the drums when I got my drum set oh, and cool. started taking lessons when I was 14 because you know you have your book where you like learn all of the like songs that they make up that are easy like for the book or whatever and so this was the first song that my drum teacher brought me to learn outside of that book. It was like this, and I think it was like Tusk was on there, uh, and okay. like a few other a few other songs that I can't remember now. But this was the first song, and so the fact that Reliant K covered this would like made me so excited. Well, that's wonderful. You know, we can talk about that. I don't think Punko's Pod ever does really specifically talk about. Well, we can go over the comp specifically. So this this is this song is originally from Punko's '80s, and the whole Punko's series. I mean, I don't know other, any other time that we're specifically going to talk about the Punko's series. So the whole Punko's series, I'm sure a lot of people are familiar with it. Um, 
it's like all of these. So I'm actually on the Wikipedia. Punk Goes is a series of pop albums released by Fearless Records in which punk rock bands perform covers of songs from other genres. As of 2019, the series consists of 19 compilations. And then there's just a paragraph listing out all of the albums. So there's... So, oh, wow, I did not know this. It started with Punk Goes Metal on August 1st, 2000. Oh, and then wow. Punk Goes Pop, which is the more synonymous title within the series overall that first one is in 2002 april 2002 then you have punko's acoustic then punko's 80s which was in june 2005 so they were like they weren't even like on a regular schedule it was like a couple years in between and then punko's 90s came out the next year 2006 punko's acoustic was 07 punko's crunk was 08 which a lot of problems and I'm, i think we talk about we talked about it at least we talked about it when we were on their show or we'll talk about it later but there's a lot of problems with the punk goes crunk album punk goes pop 2 was in 2009 punk goes classic rock was in 2010 pop nice goes pop 3 was 2010 punk goes 10 or punk goes x was in 2011 what does that mean they just like cover songs from the 2010s the Punkos X songs from the 2011 Winter X Games oh, is the 11th so specific. series. It was released, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. All the songs on the compilation have previously appeared in either Punkos Classic Rock or Punkos Pop Volume 3. Huh. So it's, yeah, just, it's a say, compilation they couldn't, they couldn't of other go compilations. They couldn't the 10s because it came out in 2011. So what are they just going out for? Like, right. The well, when songs, I said Punko's I 10, it. it's Punko's X. Gotcha. Then there's Punko. Then I'm going to stop reading the years. But there's Punko's Pop 4, Punko's Pop 5, Punko's Christmas, Punko's 90s 2, Punko's Pop 6, Punko's Christmas Deluxe Edition, Punko's Pop 7, and Punko's Acoustic 2003. And we haven't had one since 2019, so that's surprising. And there was never a second Punk Goes 80s, even though 80s mm. is such a big deal. So yeah, so this was the fourth series. This was the fourth album in the series. And this was um, the first song on the album. It kicked yeah. it off. Manic Monday by Reliant K. And when we did the episode, when we did this, the conversation originally with Punk Goes Pod, we, I t- contacted Schneck. And I asked, do you know if this was recorded for the comp or like something that was kicking around that the comp got ended up on the comp? And he sort of implied it was recorded for the comp. Okay. So this, I think that the way, I don't have a source for this, but I think the way a lot of these Punk Goes compilations would happen is they would get a handful or at least one like anchor song, like an anchor sure. store for a mall. They would get one anchor song, like one song that had never appeared on anything else that was recorded specifically for the comp. And then maybe a bunch of material f- that comes from other places. Like Reliant K also appears on Punko's Acoustic 2, doing Who I Am, Hates Who I've Been. And I and I do not believe that was recorded for the Punko's Acoustic compilation. I think no Fearless just sent out their, yeah. their flying monkeys and was like, bring us back acoustic songs from other bands' collections. Right. So let's, real quick, so, you know, I don't really have much of a relationship with the Punk Goes series. I never owned one. Hmm. I probably downloaded them off of FTP or something like that. Probably not just off of LimeWire. I probably went the the more uh, galaxy brain route of FTP, so I knew I was getting the right tracks. But I don't think I really collect, I don't 
think I really spent much time with them. So I would like pick and choose which songs I really wanted. Right. Because I love like pop punk or really any kind of kind of rocking mid 2000s cover like newfound glory me first in the gimme gimme's less than jake any band that was doing a lot of covers at that time was totally my jam so i went through and i kind of picked and i would pick and choose what i wanted so like for me i'm out with you by sugar cult off of here i totally had and loved um your love from midtown and Just Like Heaven by Gatsby's American Dream. And they do a really good good cover of that. Right. So there's also, uh, I ran I ran so far, well, I missed which, I can't remember exactly which ones you said, but here's the whole track list. Manic Monday by Reliant K. I Ran by Flock of Seagulls, played, uh, performed by Hidden in Plain View. I Melt With You by Modern English, performed by Sugar Cult. Your Love by The Outfield, performed by Midtown. And Sidebar... One of the few things written on this article, aside from just being a list of the facts of the song, uh, being a list of what songs there are, is it says the song Your Love by Outfield covered by the band Midtown would also later appear on Punko's Classic Rock being, <laughs> oh, oh, being covered by the electronic core band I See Stars. So that's one of the songs that two bands have both covered the same song in the Punk Go series. So they did, what was that? So, your, your Love? They mi- did twice? Yeah, Midtown. Interesting. Midtown did that song on this comp, and then they decided this I was See classic Stars. Rock? I mean, I can kind of see how Outfield kind of is like the tail end of classic rock. They it, really couldn't figure out another song to put in that right. place. Like. But also, I do hear Sam and Emma talk about it on their show a lot, that some of the themes are kind of broken like the punko's metal there's a lot of like classic rock on that gotcha. and then of course we might as well talk about it punko's crunk none of it is crunk rock none of it is crunk crunk is a specific subgenre of rap right and they just they they don't just own crunk, punko's crunk isn't just a bunch of rap overall there's just songs by black artists that aren't even rap and that makes it extra racist <laughs> that they're like yeah. oh yeah punko's crunk Rihanna. Rihanna's black, and therefore she must be a hip-hop artist. Nope. Racist. (laughs) And I'm not someone who just blatantly calls out racism on a lot of stuff, but that is what the Punk Goes Crunk is like. I thought that one of these was also on the Not Another Teen Movie soundtrack, but I'm on the Not Another Teen Movie soundtrack on Spotify, and it doesn't say it there, but I could have sworn that... Are you thinking of that song by Mest? I Melt With You is covered by Mest. That's what it was. But I Melt With You Here is covered by Sugar Cult. Yeah. So then you got Emery, another Christian band. And the Sugar Cult version is really Bonnie good. Tyler. But yeah. the Mest version is is definitely superior. Yep. I skipped Pop Song 89 by R.E.M. performed by Motion City Soundtrack. Uh, Just Like Heaven by Gatsby's American Dream originally performed by The Cure. Power of Love by Huey Lewis and the News here covered by the early November. Straight Up by Paula Abdul, here covered by Halifax. Dead Man's Party by Oingo Boingo, here covered by A Thorn for Every Heart. Some of these are like bands you never heard of. (laughs) Wrapped Around Your Finger by The Police, here played by Brazil. Forever Young by Rod Stewart, here played by So They Say. And two more. Everybody Wants to Rule the World, which Reliant K also did on Case for Karaoke. Uh, Performed by Tears for Fears originally, here by Jameson Parker. And Video Killed the Radio Star by The Buggles, which is close to The Bangles, here played by Amber 
Pacific. So this this comp opens with a song by the Bangles and closes with a song by the Buggles. So, yeah, I mean, the and Reliant K's like take on this is amazing. You know, like they don't just yeah. they, they don't just go ahead and cover an '80s song for a for excuse me a cash grab 80s (laughs) tribute album sorry with with warp tour bands you know they actually put a lot of love into it and a lot of creativity with these shifting ideas and put creative fun additions to the original song and transform it in such a way that it almost makes it like it is and always was their song yeah absolutely they do such a good job on this And I think we talk about it with Sam and Emma about, like, how you can tell the difference in some of the bands as to who really, like, tries to make it transformative and, like, who puts a lot of love into it and who just kind of covers covers the song the way it is. Mm -hmm. So, and it's, there is a lyric change here. And they somehow kind of, while trying to make it less sexual, made it more sexual. Because (laughs) the original lyrics are, he says to me in his bedroom voice, come on, let's go make some noise. Which they changed to, he says to me in his quiet riot voice, come on, feel the noise. Well, come on, feel the noise is, come is spelt C-U-M right. in that song title. <laughs> <so>. <laughs> and it's, yeah, it's funny because like you, you, you just think that like so many bands cover a song that's a specific love genre, a specific love song to a gender from another gender and then another band covers it that's not that sexuality or not that gender and they change the pronouns to match their thing and sometimes that's most of the time that seems like lame like if you're singing a song karaoke if you're singing a song in the car you don't change the pronouns so that you feel you're singing it to the gender you're attracted to right so here we're like people might so i guess some people might but i find that kind of i mean if you're specific yeah 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 i agree if you're taking a pop song on the radio and you're specifically internalizing it and thinking about someone that you love or t- taking the message of that song and expressing it in your heart to something in your personal life, then yeah, you might change pronouns and even nouns to be specifically about that situation. But if you just enjoy a song with pronouns in it and you change the pronouns when you're not thinking of anything specifically in your life, that's lame. That's like a like a no homo thing. Like, right. come on, please. It's just lyrics in a song. Yeah. So here Reliant K kind of like rides the fence of that in like the coolest way possible. Where at the beginning, he says, I was kissing Valentino by a crystal blue Italian stream. Yeah. He's not like, he's not like, oh, we got to change that lyric or everyone's going to think we're gay. <laughs> Because you can't also stop people from thinking what they think. Because when we talked about pink tux to the prom, we found all those song (laughs) meanings things where just because he's wearing a pink tux, people literally thought, oh, this is the gay Christian band. Like, you can't stop dumb people from thinking stuff like that. Right. Right. So they're just like, well, this is the song. It's an awesome song. These are the words. We sing it. Kissing Valentino by Chris of Blue Italian Stream. And I feel like, honestly the bridge when they change it to the quiet riot, quiet riot reference i feel like that is more just having fun and adding more 80sness to yeah. this 80s comp yeah however it also changes up that one moment of pronoun but i feel like if they hadn't come up sorry <laughs> jessica's got some ice because it's so cold it's so hot in here it's for my tea. It's also for her tea to cool down her tea. But <laughs> this is a good idea. Maybe we should just leave little cups of ice yeah. on the desk and then we just Thanks put Thanks our... for touching it. Now, now I can't use that one. <laughs> I'll go get you a fresh one. I'll keep this one. 
I'll put this one in my whiskey. I'll go get you a fresh one. So, um, yeah, I feel like if they hadn't thought up something as funny and creative and silly as the Quiet Riot reference, they wouldn't have changed the pronoun. They just would have left the bedroom voice thing because they already left the Valentino thing. Now, Dan, did you come across in your covers deep dive, did you see that Green Day also does a cover of this song? Yes, we definitely talk about that later. Okay. I wasn't sure. I and couldn't that was remember during a quarantine it's been session. so long. Yeah. yeah. I've also got the Manic Monday original song by the Bangles Wikipedia up right. here. Manic Monday is a song by American pop rock band The Bangles and the first single released from their second studio album, Different Light, 1986. It was written by American musician Prince using the pseudonym Christopher and was originally intended for the group Apollonia Six. In 1984, lyrically, it describes a woman who is waking up to go to work on Monday, (laughs) wishing it was still Sunday so she could continue relaxing. (laughs) Yes, that is what it's about. The single released by Columbia Records on Monday, January 27th, 1986, received generally positive reviews from music critics and some comparisons with the Mamas and the Papas. It became the Bangles' first hit, reaching number two in the United States and the United Kingdom, as well as Austria... Canada, Germany, and Ireland, and peaked within the top five in Australia, New Zealand, Norway, and Switzerland. It was later certified silver in the UK by the British phonographic industry. The British pornographic industry. (laughs) It says phonographic, but what's the British phonographic industry? It's a British recorded music industries trade association. It runs the Brit Awards, the classic Brit Awards, the National Album Day, and is home of the Mercury Prize. I've heard of all of these. And co-owns the official charts company with the Entertainment Retailers Association and awards UK music sales through the Brit certification. Okay, that makes sense. It's like, I guess, the billboards of the UK. So yeah, this song was written by Prince, and that's cool. I think we talk about more of that later, but um, yeah... And it's funny that he kind of wrote the song to, like, get in Susanna Hoff's good graces because he was interested in her. <laughs> and, I, and I love Prince. Like, I really have deep dived. We haven't talked about it in a while. I talked about it a couple months ago. But, like, I deep dived on his, like, first five or six albums. And I really enjoy it. And so it's... it's I, I've also come to more realizations since my original Prince deep dive. I think Prince is, is an incredibly influential artist in a way that people don't even understand Hmm. and specifically um night not nightcore uh vaporwave to sort of a couple things here vaporwave everything people think of the of the meme genre of vaporwave i think all of that actually comes from prince Hmm. but like it's he does so much different stuff, but every when everything you think of like those cool like vapor wavy keyboards, and those the way that like that sort of eighties way of you mean synthwave synth well synthwave and vaporwave and everything that because vaporwave is really just like eighties and nineties music slowed down and you add some reverb and right. stuff in there. But I'm talking about yeah, I mean the whole aesthetic online of vaporwave and synthwave and eighties stuff and distilling eighties into this like neon barf thing that the internet does nowadays. 
and especially the sounds of the 80s and like the elevator music of the 80s that th those meme scenes will use. I think a lot of that actually comes from Prince, but it's not like he specifically made that music and said this, I'm making 80s music of the 80s that sounds like 80s and in the 2000s, people will hear this and think it's 80s. He was a constantly evolving artist, but he made a lot of those guitar sounds that you think of as the very heavily processed 80s guitar sounds. And then so many other artists offshoot from him and recreate those sounds for their art for their bands and their art but they might focus on one specific sound he got in one specific song and make that their whole band right so everything kind of offshoots from him plus i realized having been a sega kid my whole life and having had a sega cd and a genesis and stuff all of that like when we talk about sonic the hedgehog music and that sort of like like weird jazz that's in a lot of sonic the hedgehog games mm -hmm. a lot of that i've realized now is prince music like so much Sega CD background music and all like and then Sonic music and like the Sega CD loading screen, it's all based off of Prince music. Huh, interesting. Yeah. Well, speaking of deep dive, we need to talk to Punko's Pod because their Manic Monday episode on SoundCloud comes up as one of the top results for Manic Monday Reliant K. Wow. On Google, or maybe we just need to get on SoundCloud. <laughs> Maybe we do. It's in like the top three when I when I did my Google. Search. Wow, that's that's. I mean, that's good for us and good for them. That's great. Yeah, I guess we do need to get on SoundCloud. We host on Podbean, so I never thought about uploading to SoundCloud before, but maybe we will. So before we move on to our deep dive and then our conversation with Punko's Pod, let's real quick go over the bangles. You know. Uh, yeah, we don't need to do Bangles research because honestly, if it's not in our conversation later, everyone should just go listen to the main Manic Monday episode by Punko's Pod because they'll do For like sure. a, they'll do an overview of the history of the Bangles. So instead, let's you and I go through the let's figure out how much Bangles exposure we've had over the years. Now, for me, actually, I love the Go Go's more than the Bangles. How do you feel on Bangles versus Go Go's? I don't know. I, I think they're about tied. I and never really thought about one versus the other. In my mind, there's three bands. There's the Bangles, the Go-Go's, and Bananarama. And the Bangles and the Go-Go's both have yeah. punk roots. But the but the Bananarama does not. Bananarama is like the poppiest of like the, the softest like mall niceness. And the Bangles and the Go-Go's have the actual like 80s version of pop punk roots. So, um, but but specifically the Go-Go's really have like punk roots. What about the Runaways? Yeah, but they're like a different, yeah, you're right. But they're like a different thing. They're, they are. They're closer to the Ramones side of it. They didn't like yeah. cross over into the 80s yeah. big hair mall no. version of 80s mall punk. They only had two albums. <laughs> right. So re let's real quick go through the top five. And I'm sure you know all these songs. You recognize this one, yep. right? So you know this one. This has got 200 million regular listeners on Spotify. I think I recently figured out that when you see number of plays on Spotify, it's not simply saying how many times that song's been played on Spotify. It's saying how many regular listeners to the song there are. Right. So because, of course, Eternal Flame has had to have been played billions of times right. on Spotify, but it only says 200 million. That means 200 million people in the world regularly listen to this song on gotcha. Spotify. So then you definitely know this one, too. Oh, yeah. 
This is from the same album as Manic Monday. Then how about this one? I'm skipping Manic Monday as their third biggest song on Spotify. Oh, this is their Christmas song. Hazy Shade <laughs> of like, Winter. Nope. <laughs> Wait till the chorus. Okay. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Now we're getting into the iffy area. This is their fifth biggest song on Spotify. This is called In Your Room. In your room or in my room. There we go. Let's tie it back to Reliant K via the Beach Boys. Oh, yeah. Or here in your bedroom, which we can tie back to to, to, to Goldfinger. I don't know this song. This, more, this, this is more bluesy. This absolutely is a very soundtracky kind of song. Yeah. This is very bluesy. How about this one? Oh, yeah. It is by the Go-Go's. I was going to say. <laughs> I'm definitely more of a Go-Go's than a Bangles. Than You're a, a Go-Go's girl. <laughs> I'm more of a Go-Go's girl. I think we own like three copies of the al- this album where they're all in uh, yeah. towels. I think we've accidentally bought it in dollar bins a number of times. I'm like, oh, I love this album. Oops. Yeah. We own five copies. So, yeah. Danny does really like the Go-Go's. He'll bring it up a lot. And I'm always like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Are they, are, do they do the Kids in America? Is that them? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. <laughs> if I don't know that. But now I've got my mindset on the Bengals. Well, you were on their Spotify, so... <laughs> Well, Kids Bop does Kids in America. Is that oh, what you're well, thinking of? <laughs> yes, obviously. Thanks for clearing that up. No, Kim Wilde does. Kim Wilde, that's right. Yep. See, now, just because I like the Go-Go's doesn't mean I've memorized their song names. And right. Confer- like, I can definitely t- I can tell the difference between the Go-Go's and the Bangles, but I can't tell the difference between all the solo projects and connected people. And, Clearly, I can't. And the people who <laughs> like, are, yeah, sure. even the people <laughs> off of Bananarama and stuff like that, so. So... Uh, deep dive. Yeah. Let's so hear it. We have TikToks. Of Reliant K's cover specifically? We do. And I think I mentioned this, but after all of Reliant, after like 90% of Reliant K's sounds disappeared from TikTok, they're all back now. This actually is a little bit, I'm looking at a little bit of a different screen than before. I don't know if just new ones have popped up, perhaps since it's Monday. Um, well, let's go here first. Uh, it's pictures of, uh, one of the lesser, <laughs> okay, this is by at step underscore chicken underscore Neil, and this is, like, one of the, sorry, one of, like, the B or C tier actors from the Harry Potter movies, like, one of the background kids, Seamus, 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 <laughs> I'm Irish, by the way, <laughs> And it's just you a sure? slideshow of this actor, the actor who plays Seamus, like three or four pictures of him, just set to Manic Monday. Just Another Man Crush Monday was forced to do this by at Jamie Hart, the jam tart. Hashtag Devin Murray. Hashtag Seamus Finnegan. Devin Murray. And then two sideways laughing with tears emojis. <laughs> you know, what can get you, what, what more can get you through a Manic Monday than your, uh, than your your Harry Potter heartthrob of C, of the C tier actors from that series. I don't know because we've also got this one, which is Man Crush Monday, what? and it's Tom Felon, aka Draco Malfoy, 
picture. Same same sort of slideshow thing going on. <laughs> this is from Nathan Baslick zero eight. And they also at mention Jamie.hart underscore the jam <laughs> underscore. Something going on here. Heart. Yeah. Hashtag hot NGL. Not gonna lie. Alrighty. Then we have Oh, this this is this on the same Yep. We this is actually from Jamie.hart, the hat <laughs> We get to the root heart, of the issue. And it's a wrestler? Jack Jester. Okay. You know who would probably know? Sam from Punko's Pod. <laughs> uh, hashtag Scotland. And it's not Monday, but still. Nice. Uh, then, I think that's all of the man crush Mondays we've got. For... <laughs> Was it because it's just another, oh, and just another man crush Monday. Yeah. I get it now. I still couldn't figure out why that song was associated with this. Nothing like a roller coaster ride on a manic Monday, and then it's POV footage of a roller coaster. Hashtag Maverick, hashtag roller coaster, hashtag Cedar Point, hashtag Ohio, hashtag travel, fun, manic Monday theme park. Cool. There so are that's... other Reliant K songs that they could have picked. <laughs> Perhaps would have been more fitting, but sure. We'll take it. Ones that specifically reference that park. At Coaster Mojo. Next up, we've got... Some guy sleeping. <laughs> Just some guy... Oh, he's getting up on a manic Monday. A guy holding his... Oh, okay. and then he spills his coffee on his face, and then he's chopping something really quickly. Onions and, and cooking chicken. Oh, goodness. Okay, Jeez. so it's a POV selfie view of a guy getting up out of bed. Who was that? We didn't see what their name was. That was at Chef Jose... No. At Chef Joseph... Wait, now the thing, the text came up. Veal. Chef Joseph Viel, V-E-V-I-E-L. So he gets up, he he pretends to go headbutt the camera, and then it cuts to him sipping his coffee and immediately spilling it all over his chest, and it cuts to him cooking some chicken and onions. Next up, we've got Faith.B97. Truth or dare? Truth. What's the last thing you searched for on your phone? So it's some sort of TikTok game where she's been asked to answer a truth. What's the last thing you search? Oh, she went to look for her phone and it was in front of her. So she didn't even answer so the she truth. She didn't actually answer the yeah, question. Yeah, that's kind of nonsense. Like, how can you look up the answer to something that's on your phone when you're using TikTok yeah. to do truth or dare? We've all done it. Hashtag truth or dare. Hashtag Christian. Hashtag not one thing hashtag best friend day hashtag truth hashtag game hashtag xyzbca hashtag christian girl hashtag fyp hashtag for you hashtag (laughs) the number four and then the letter u hashtag for you page hashtag wow uh next up we have some rolled up posters, it looks like. 
Huh. Or, what on earth? I don't even know how oh to... Oh, my I've goodness. I've got to watch this once like before we can describe. A, it's like... Maybe it's one of those things that you pull and then they pop the confetti everywhere because there's oh. giant, like, confetti uh, so, pieces all over I the ground. See. So this is uploaded by Mark Sykeman, S-I-E-K-M-A-N, and there's no hashtags. And it's just, yeah, it's just showing those, like, I mean, I don't know if they count as crackers, like the English right. New Year's crackers. But, yeah, they're, like, confetti. They're, like, handheld confetti cannons and then he shows the aftermath of it and just goes around his house his stairwell and shows a bottle of sour mark i've never heard of that <laughs> so this i guess this is like cleanup from a new year's party or something cute but like confusing then we have it says rocking with the best this is rosie keys r-o-z-i-e they, oh my gosh this is like giving me a seizure <laughs> yeah it's uh, There's like multiple filters on here, so it's a split screen of two girls in black and white, dressed like one of them's got a one of them's got a flower. It's a duet with steampunk unicorn. One of them's got a flower crown. No, they both got flower crowns on. They're both dressed kind of like classic emo-ish style. And they're both just dancing up at the camera, but then there's like stars filters that are like snapping in and stuff, out and yeah, like flashing white lights there. and stars bursting, like I don't know how old these girls are because of the filter and the high angle, but I'm, is this like, we want to live my space, but on TikTok. Because <laughs> this is all... Hashtag this is Black like, Friday 2020. Hashtag FYP. Hashtag For You page. Hashtag Viral. Hashtag TikTok South Africa. Hashtag Just Another Manic Monday. Hashtag Support. Hashtag dot 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 over 30. So, yeah. So, okay, they're over 30. So then... Well, one of them, I, I suppose, is. And here's the original one of that at Steampunk Unicorn. Have a super Monday. Oh, and she turns out she has oh, blue hair with Lord, red stripes. She is doing all the... So many things popping in and out and flashing. And... This you is... know, I'm too old for TikTok, I've decided. <laughs> I but don't you can be over 30 and life. use TikTok. <laughs> oh, clearly, but I just don't need it in my life. I think I'm good. All right, now here we've got, we'll do one more, at Bree, Bree Dix says, when oh, your yeah, boss asks why you shaved your eyebrow and dyed your hair blue since yesterday. So it's just her lip syncing and just another manic enjoying Monday. that she has a manic That's Monday why. and she dyed her hair blue. How's your quarantine going? Hashtag FYP, hashtag for you page, hashtag bipolar, hashtag manic, hashtag mental health. So good stuff. And there's there's quite a few others, but I don't know if, uh, yeah, every, it's it's a, a, some lip syncing, a lot of lip syncing going on. We've got some food ones. We've got uh, uh, a notebook here that's just kind of showing off the brand new notebook on this Manic Monday. And yeah. Next up, missed opportunity from, this is my note, missed opportunity from RK official Twitter, or was it? On May 25th, 2014, Reliant K's official Twitter tweeted, looks like somebody's got a case of the Mondays. Okay, but they didn't uh, remember to, like... Didn't say Manic Mondays or anything like or that. Or link, just link to the song. Nope. Then we have a blog... A new spin on an old tune covering marketing ideas from January 30th, 2012 by Hat Har Matt Harrison, filed under strategy and business development. 
Most of my friends know that I have an unhealthy obsession with cover songs. You know what co- a cover song is, right? And it li- there's a link. <laughs> I want to know where it goes. It, it links to the Wikipedia page for cover version. It's just a new take on an old song, a pepped up version of a classic, like the Atari's cover of Don Henley's Boys of Summer gives you a great appreciation for the original while allowing you to rock out like a madman. Well, sometimes slowing a song down and changing the mood like the Johnny Cash cover of Hurt by Nine Inch Nails can take the lyrics to a whole new level. The best cover songs do something to pay homage to the original, but also bring something new and original to the table that makes you want to listen over and over again. An example of a cover that didn't do that is Gloria Estefan's version of Turn the Beat Around, which sounds almost exactly the same as the original by Vicky Sue Robinson. Not to harp on the Miami sound machine too much, but they didn't put their own stamp on the song, which made it a remake, not a cover, and not special in any way. The concept of marketing is nearly the same thing as playing music. Many people pay play many people play music. Few people write music. Even fewer do it well. Chances are that your marketing strategy is not a completely original work. You didn't invent the coupon, the brochure, the e-newsletter the BOGO sale, or the Labor Day tent event, but that's okay. Oh, wow. Yeah, just the Labor Day tent tent event. Sure. The thing you've got to ask yourself is, what am I bringing to the table? The thing you've got to ask yourself is, what am I bringing to the table that's different from everyone who has done this before? Here are a few oldies but goodies and a couple of ideas that might change the way you hear the tune. Manic Monday by The Bangles, covered by Reliant K. Your one day sale feeds in your one day sale feeds on the scarcity principle, meaning that people want to buy before the great deal I don't goes away. What the point of this is. A one day customer appreciation of event can do even more. Combine great sales with a giveaway or two, free hot dogs, drawing for a gift certificate, or a web based scavenger hunt. And the needle will jump a bit more than when you have to the run of the mill clearance sale. So there's a tip for you, and go listen to Manic Monday by what? <laughs> Reliant K, I guess. <laughs> then uh, Geeks Under Grace ranked this as Yay, number back. <laughs> as number nine on their 16 Reliant K songs you've never heard of list from 2014. <laughs> I know. And it's just like, you've never heard of any Reliant case. <laughs> <laughs> so not Scott, but this popped up on bingobaker.com's Scott Covers Bingo. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so they've got... And, and Scott is in quotation marks, so I guess it doesn't have to be Scott. <laughs> uh, so they've got Rich Girl, Me First, uh... Yeah, this I, isn't Ska at all. Yeah, Hollow Notes. We're not going to take it less than Jake. Okay. Uh, leaving on a jet plane, me first. Bohemian Rhapsody, Cuban B. I don't even know who that is. Take on me, Real Big Fish. Okay, finally. Yeah. yeah, that works. And a lot, you know what's funny is like a lot of Less Than Jake's covers are sometimes not even Ska. Like Less Than Jake has their Grease tribute album where they cover all the songs from Grease. And yeah. it's not a ska album. No. It's a punk album yeah. where they don't do any ska. Summer of 69 MXPX. <laughs> mm. 
Over the rainbow, me first in the Gimme Gimmies. Do they think ska just means like wacky music? Apparently. (laughs) Nothing but a good time, Real Big Fish. Uh, Spoiler warning, Real Big Fish shows up a lot. (laughs) Uh, Nothing compares to you, me first. Uh, Hotel California, Ska Daddies. Mm Mm-hmm. American Pie, Catch-22. That's a deep cut for an otherwise very normie list. (laughs) Since You've Been Gone, A Day to Remember. (laughs) Danny's, like, losing his mind. (laughs) Oh, no, are you okay? (laughs) I had water in my mouth, and I'm like... (laughs) I'm so sorry. (laughs) A Day to Remember, they're a hardcore band. Okay, you're going to love the next one. Should I stay or should I go anti-flag? <laughs> <laughs> See, like, part of me understands if you don't know what Sky is and you somehow think pop punk like MXPX and Me First is Ska. Okay, I kind of get it. But then, like, you just get into any hardcore music and you think that's Ska? There's, like, maybe three Ska bands on here, by the way. I've, I'm, like, uh, skimming through the rest. Uh, All That She Wants by Buddha. Girls Just Want to Have Fun. The the Betty Sons. Brown-Eyed Girl, Real Big Fish. Don't You Want Me, Zoloff. Only the Good Die Young, Me First and the Gimme Gimme. Well, the Zoloff, and, the Zoloff and the Rock and Roll Destroyer is a keyboard uh, rock band that did a split with Real Big Fish mm. where they each were both singers, Aaron and the singer of Zoloff, the Rock and Roll Story, both did six duets. Gotcha. And, but they trade off on which songs have, you know, which which instrumentation is done by which band. They go back and forth. I will follow so, MXPX. Mm-hmm. I'm out with you bowling for soup. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, Bowling for Soup has, like, two ska songs, so... Sure, why not? Come on, Eileen, say Ferris. Uh, SOS, Mad Caddies. Okay. Paparazzi, Cupid I'm still recovering from my choking on my water. (laughs) So sorry. Manic Monday, Reliant K. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, well... I mean, I don't know what to say. (laughs) So sorry. And then... Weird. So there's this weird broken site that popped up, but man, I wish it was real. From icebergcannabisclub.com, Manic Monday, <laughs> Reliant K lyric meanings. Unfortunately, it was just one of those weird like sites that just dumps a bunch of text in it. Right. And it doesn't really do anything, but I thought that was funny. So that's what I have this week. Nice. Well, I don't have actually, I don't have much as far as specific Manic Monday stuff for Reliant K. Here I have just kind of like this one lady kind of recommends the song to you. Uh, This is uploaded by The Mind of Magda Podcast. Uploaded two months ago. So this is very recent. So this didn't even exist when we did the original conversation with Punko's Pod. Of The Mind of Magda Podcast. Which hasn't yet come out, but it's okay. Because it will. But in the meantime, today it's Reliant K. Okay, sorry. I don't have time to sing. We gotta talk. Okay, so Reliant K is a Christian rock group. I learned about them in college. A friend of mine had introduced me to their album, Two Lives Don't Make a Right But Three Do, where they talked about the struggles of holding on to their faith through high school and then college, which was helpful because I was... I had a little pause there. I'm like, 
I guess college kids is what she's referring to. I guess. And yeah. I guess you can use that song to kind of talk about, think about holding on to your faith in college. But we've done that song and I never thought of it that way. Also, the audio is not sunk with the video. Oh, I didn't notice that. College. And so I went crazy. I got obsessed. I listened to pretty much everything that they had out until then. And I still listen to them to this day. Case in point, just listen to their whole catalog the past couple weeks just so that I could do this episode right. So you definitely should check them out. And if you have any questions or you listen to them and you're like, I love them too, let me know. Is this like a preview? I just realized that this is not about Manic Monday. This is just it's her just, video series her music called Monday. Music Monday. Yeah. And she two months ago, she suggested you listen to Reliant K. Well, nice. Then we have what I'm pretty sure is you doing a music video <laughs> at home when you were a kid. <laughs> this is uploaded by Scream the Lyrics. And to me, that looks like you. This was uploaded 13 years ago. So it's a, you know, so what's 13 years ago now? That's 2010 minus 2, because we're in 1. So that's 2008. So this is a girl in 2008 looking very mid-2000s emo with the very combed hair. She's very pretty. So thank you, Danny. I don't see the resemblance, but thank you. You used to have your hair like this. I did have my hair like that. And you would wear shirts like that. She has like a a yellow blouse. When you used to kind of dress like conservatively emo, this is what you'd look like. This is a conservatively, and I don't mean politically, I just mean like in terms of style, how deep she goes yeah. into it. It's the style, conservative emo look. Oh, good lord. So cursed. What a cursed room that was. And it cuts back and forth from what I assume is like her bedroom to their like rumpus room in the basement <laughs> that's just filled with toys in every direction. And they've yeah. got this giant movie collection that she yeah. starts dancing in front of. And it's so no- she's in the bathroom, and then she's in the the rumpus room. And she's talking on her flip phone. I want to. F- did you see their giant m- movie collection? I missed it. They have this gigantic movie collection, and the movie shelf is outstanding. There it is. Oh wow! Like, Fantastic. Picture the wall of a basement rumpus room, and then like a giant stripe across it horizontally. And that giant stripe is a shelf built into the wall. And lots of musical and then they instruments just here. Stacked too. movies inside that like long, long cubby, I guess. You know, my bangs are really like long right now because I'm trying to grow them out. Should I just rock this hair? Should cut? you just yeah, like we'll I need emo, to get some barrettes because I'm going again now that <laughs> COVID is officially over. They've officially announced COVID is gone and will never return. I don't have any barrettes or massive hoop earrings, but maybe I need to invest. And it also reminds me of you because, like, here she's doing this all by herself. And, yep. like, you would make videos all by yourself. Like, when you had your friends to make videos with, they wouldn't do anything. They wouldn't I mean, we would make stuff, but they wouldn't do exactly what I wanted get them bored to do. Quickly. Yeah. <laughs> or go completely off the rails more often than not. And then it ends with this over the credits. Now, this is not something you would have listened to back then. Not so much. <laughs> Yeah, so she's in her basement. Good stuff. Scream the lyrics. And then, um, yeah, there's nothing There's nothing really else except, like, I thought this, this is called Scorpio Reviews, Scorpio News Reviews and Interviews, 
Scorp TV 11 years ago. Scorpion promotion. Not so Scorch many... TV? <laughs> not Scorch. <laughs> not from Manch Vegas, not Scorch. But I thought that this guy was, that this person, Scorpio, was going to like review the song. But no, it's, yeah. it's just the song uploaded and like given the His MS Paint uh, logo, which yeah. is pretty awesome, to be fair. That's like rotating colors. So yeah, that's about it. There's not much else as far as we'll talk about other versions of this song that exist with our in our conversation with Sam and Emma. But that's it. That's Manic Monday and Jessica. Yes. Sam and Emma will say hell yeah or yeah nah, but we have our own thing. And that's do you like this song more the same or less than before we did it? The same. You like it the same? Yeah. I like it about the same as well because I couldn't like it much more. Same. Yeah. Exactly. So um Let's Stay tuned to- after this break, and we'll be back with more good stuff for you. Yep. We want to thank you very much for listening to Sadie Hawkins Pod. Please follow us on Twitter and Instagram, which are both at Sadie Hawkins Pod. From there, you can interact with us as well as view the videos and images we talk about on the show. You can also call our voicemail line, which is 402 95 Sadie. That's 402 957 2343. Leave us a message, and we can play it on a future episode. Also, we invite you to check out SadieHawkinsPod.com, one simple place to get links to all our social media and a link to our Tee Public store. There you can pick up merchandise, or merch as it's known in the industry. We have our Black Flag parody shirt, our little Sheet Boy ice cream shirt, and our all new Boys from Canton ampersand shirts that list the first names of every album lineup of Reliant K. And if you can't get enough of us, well, good news. At patreon.com slash sadiehawkinspod, we are releasing at least two bonus episodes a month. You'll also have access to our whole backlog, including our discussion of Owl City's Ocean Eyes, reading through the complex infrastructure book, and the songs from K is for Karaoke. Finally, we want to thank our current patrons, who include Josh, JR, Jarrett, Eric, Joel, Connor, Michael, Helen, Samantha, Roxanne, Jimmy Eat Pod, This Might Be a Podcast, Tucker, David, and Brady. We hope to see you there, and even if we don't, we hope that you will keep us in positive regard. Said to me in his quiet riot voice, come on, feel the noise. All right. Uh, we are back. Yes. Yes. We are. So a huge Australian welcome to Jessica and Dan from Reliant K... No, that's not from Reliant no. K. Fuck. <laughs> yes, from we're from Reliant K. From the Reliant big... K podcast, Sadie. Walkers. That's the one. My God. I was trying You're to say, spoiling like... the big, big news that we are now members of Reliant K. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I know you told us that in private, but um, yeah, no, God. You know, when you try, like, you're sort of half saying the sentence in your head, but then the other half you're saying out loud. Yeah. It's like, this doesn't... Like, right. I, I think literally in terms of... <laughs> Um, researching this song like I was lying on the couch like half asleep one morning and in my head I sort of started the sentence and out of nowhere I just said Sam because that was originally by Prince yeah <laughs> and I think like Sam just sort of turned around looked from the kitchen like yeah and I guess like you just sort of went along yeah. with it so thanks for doing that but I was just like oh my goodness um so yes no, we'll take that again. So we have been... Okay. <laughs> no, look, we'll keep this all. But yeah, we <laughs> are very lucky to have fi- like married up schedules after months of me mostly putting things off just because life is hard sometimes. But 
Yeah, we are chatting to Jess and Dan from the Sadie Hawkins podcast. And in a similar vein to Punko's pod, they break down every single Reliant K track and... Were birthed from Blink-155. Yes. Um, yeah. <laughs> part of the 155 universe of podcasts. But I'm not doing a very good job of explaining it. So would you no, like, to, <laughs> like to give us... Can you take the floor and tell us what Sadie Hawkins' pod is all about? I feel like you did a pretty good job. That's oh, the whole <laughs> rundown. Yeah. We talk about uh, a different Relying K song every week. Uh, we don't go in order alphabetical or anything like that. We just kind of pick at random, like sort of Blink-155 style, like you said. Although I imposed one rule that we can't do the same album twice in a month. That's our main rule, just so we're not like burning through the same album too quickly. And then, um, yeah, that's like our only real rule. Yeah, and I think we already broke it. Yeah, we've broken it here and there. (laughs) I mean, we broke... Yeah, yeah. It's just a it's a guideline. Yeah. Um and yeah, what else? So yeah, we we talk about every line case song. We um we're married. Uh yeah. so and one of the things that we like bonded over when we first met and were just friends was Reliant K. It was one of the first conversations we had Aww. as friends because um I had seen Reliant K a whole lot in their like early years yeah. and they've had multiple different kind of lineups. And what would you, you'd kind of think of as like the first main era of Reliant K where they were four members. Yes. I would like bug them at local sh- at They weren't a local band to us. They were from Ohio. I lived in Massachusetts, but anytime they played in our area, they were relatively smaller shows still. So like you could yeah. have access to them and I would bug them all the time. So I had all these stories that I shared earlier in our podcast. And then when I met Jessica, I asked her, like, what's your favorite band? Just getting to know her. And she's like, oh, you probably haven't heard of them. And by this point, Aww. they were now signed to a major. And, like, they were a pretty well-known band. And they're, like, at, at least, yeah, at least their biggest, their first major studio album had come out. Yes. Um, so, man, not major studio. Their first major label. Be My Escape was on the radio. Yeah. Like, yes. The summer yes. before we met. <laughs> and Jessica was like, yeah, you probably haven't heard of my favorite band. They're called Reliant K. And as I heard of them, I know Matt Thiessen, who's the lead singer. (laughs) In hindsight, I didn't really know them, but I knew them in the way, like, you know, you think you know a a person if you bug them all the time and they actually give you their time. And I did have his email address. Yeah, I was going to say, he came up all smooth and was like, I have Matt Thiessen's email address. And I was like, oh, hello. Smooth operator, I love it. That yeah. also confirms it because we had to watch an interview with him to be like, how do you pronounce his last name? So I was thinking Tyson. Oh, right. Yeah, I was thinking like, Thiessen. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, I was being all intelligent, like, like no, it's a T sound, <laughs> but I still got it wrong. Um, yeah, it's one of those things. It's like, it's also, uh, I feel like it's it's the one, aside from like, how do you pronounce his name? And I hear other podcasts and things on YouTube where people don't know it's Thiessen. And yeah. they'll say Thiessen or Tyson or whatever like that. Um, but you can't really begrudge anybody. Although, like, they mention their names. They're, like, some of their early albums, like, their names are in the album. I've commented oh, wow. on it, how it's, like, it's almost like it's almost like they have that thing that, like, rappers have where it's, like, if you say your name in your album enough, it really, like, burrows it into your listeners' heads. And it really, like, you know, it sort of helps build 
uh, a, a fan base in a certain way where they kind of know you. So like, there's like little skits on their first couple albums and they say their own names and stuff. So it kind of, especially for a band that like wouldn't have proper exposure through like news outlets or MTV or something. Yes. Um, it's on, yeah, it, it, it helps to know how to pronounce his name. But um, one of the other things is like Tiffany, he spells, it's spelled the same way as Tiffany Amber Thiessen. Yes. The actress. Ah. Yeah. So, but she pronounces it Thiessen and he pronounces it Thiessen. And I've never like, I don't know if there's any answer to why does he pronounce it that way and the actress pronounces it the other way. But I do feel like it's like a Relying K fan 101 to make like the Tiffany Amber Thiessen jokes early on. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's brilliant. I love like, I could be way off on this, but I feel like in the US, a lot of these bands that are on are on a smaller scale, you can have a bit of an ongoing relationship with them that goes beyond just going to shows, if that makes sense. Mm. Um, yeah. Because, yeah, like here in Australia, like we do have our Australian bands that like make it relatively big, but it's sort of you can either be like a very local band, in which case you just sort of stay yeah. local, like for better or for worse, or you take off and then you never really come back to yeah. your hometown in the same way. Yeah. Whereas I think, yeah, as a teenager, I used to get so jealous of all these people. They're like, oh, yeah, like I met blah, blah, blah after the show. I'm just like, what? Yeah. Like, <laughs> it just feels so unreachable to us here. But um, I really love yeah, that. So- I love- Sorry, you go. It might be, I was, I'm just thinking, uh, it might be like a, the fact that America is like basically 50 little countries True. Because, yeah. because like having we've lived in a lot of places since we've been together and yeah. um just comparing even now living in California to what it was like going to shows when I lived in Massachusetts and New Hampshire as a teenager. Yeah. Like there was it was more all those bands are more accessible at some of those venues because the some of the they were like medium and sometimes small sized venues and like bands can have like completely different uh, size fan bases in different parts of the country. Like they might be a massive band in California where they're playing like, you know, the theater uh, size venue and no one's going to have access to them after the show. But then if they play somewhere in the Midwest or they play like in New Hampshire or something, yep. they might be playing like a small club or a bar like Big D in the kids table. Yes was a Boston-based band, although they always made time for their fans there because it was their hometown. But, like, when they would be on tour, a lot of times they would be the headliner the night that they were in Boston, but then they wouldn't be the headliner anywhere else because they weren't as big a deal elsewhere. I'm talking about in, like, the early 2000s when they were still kind of coming up. Yeah. Yeah, so that might be, like, depending on what state people were in and, like, what, what concert scenes are like there and what audience exists for a band or or doesn't exist for a band in that area it kind of depends on when yeah. you would get the chance to talk to people yeah we sort of had that a little bit with like the kind of emo but more in like the hardcore scene so like melbourne had carpathian and the getaway plan as an yeah, emo band okay. south australia had i killed the prom queen new south wales had parkway yeah drive like yeah like we, we had that in in that sort of scene but like Essentially, you would also have your bigger bands. Like, Carpathian was never going to be the, the headliner over Parkway Drive. In that yeah, sort of true. Sense. But that's, yeah. I've been saying that for years. 
I'm so glad we finally get to talk to you Agreed. about it. <laughs> I think that's like it's just yeah the scene over here is worlds away from what it would have been like to grow mm. up in the US and I know I'm definitely romanticizing it a bit cuz it's just like it's it's a scene like it's not a huge um but yeah it's I love hearing stories about people around about my age who grew up like in the thick of it if that yeah. makes sense because right for me it was quite different it was like yeah like I went to school in a really small town and like, yeah. wore like swooshy fringes and lots of black and that's about it like you and you got you got to see green day in a stadium and exactly. then they they got in their van and and buggered off back at the hotel and and you couldn't see them at all cuz yeah. they were green day and they were huge which like right. probably so i also feel like security over here is a bit more like tight about it like mm. that yeah i don't know right if you're an american band and maybe you're gonna go to most any other country you kind of go there with the pomp and circumstance of like we make enough money here to bring yeah. us here yeah <laughs> so like why would we just have why would it just be because a lot of times if you had access to a band it's because the band was at a point where they don't really have a crew Yes. Like they yeah. might have one or two guys and like an, a merch person or something, but like maybe their whole crew for their whole tour is like the band and two or three other people, or maybe it's just the band. You know what yeah. I mean? So like when I think of the bands that I would meet and talk to in high school, it was usually because like you wouldn't even know if anyone's there working with them. Yeah, so that might exactly. be a thing too. True. It always makes me like, yeah, I'm always interested when it's an American act like comes over here and like play somewhere tiny like i remember i remember little john coming over here <laughs> and this was like after his career had like exploded and everything like after you know i can't remember what his songs were <laughs> did he do turn down for water yeah he did do turn yeah. down but like then he like in like the 2010s came and played in like just a small like the pelican bar in frankston so just this <laughs> small bar above a bar that maybe stands like 400 yeah on the outskirts of the, like right on like the outer periphery perimeter i should say of yeah. the city as you would call it i guess yeah it's but... still like an hour out of the city but yeah <laughs> oh, man. You, you have could... to tell me that the tour was called down under for Ooh. Ooh. i don't i i mean i didn't go see it with john but i i okay. i think that's a that's a mystery. jessica gave me a look like jessica gave me a look like uh, <laughs> if I was little John and I was doing an Australian tour, that would be what you'd have to call it. Exactly. Because it seems like every international act that comes over here is it's the down under something tour. Yeah. yeah. Right. It's that, and then they go to Healsville Sanctuary and they get a photo hugging a koala. And yeah. yeah. You're not like, that's your rite of passage. If you come over here from the US, you have to go hug a koala and. Put it on your socials. And that's and that's for you too as well. If you come over to Australia, yes. you gotta hug a koala. If you come over And if you get hepatitis from it, that's even <laughs> yes. bigger news. <laughs> so yeah, if you get chlamydia. That's so like an achievement unlock. Yeah. But no. Just eat some eucalyptus leaves with them. They get high off that shit. Exactly. They are wild oh. creatures. Um so <laughs> I am loving the path that we are taking, but I also feel like <laughs> We owe you guys a bit of structure just so you can get on with your lives once we're done. Okay. So, because our whole thing here is cover tracks, so we like to ask any of our guests that come on, 
like for you guys what constitutes like a categorically good cover song like are there any qualities or like the way a band approaches a song when they're making a cover that signals to you like yep this is good as opposed to this is half-baked this is not my type of thing do you have like a sort of rating system for how to approach a cover song yeah personally i like it when the band performs that song in their own style yeah so like that's why i like all of the like punko series because it's them like really putting on that pop punk sound which is something that we ran into because reliant k in addition to this cover song had a whole album of cover songs called k for karaoke but they played those all really straight ahead and not very pop punk and so that was a little a little disappointing yeah right it's also that album is past their pop punk time yeah. into their more modern time where it's more sort of just like alt, like modernish alt rock type of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um and we've re- I, I always like I always hear everyone say and I don't know if I ever had an opinion before this, but not just your podcast but a lot of other podcasts when they talk about covers they'll talk about like oh this one isn't transformative enough or whatever. So I've just been devil's advocate recently and I've been like <laughs> does it have to be transformative? So when we talk about K's for karaoke now, I'm just kind of like a thorn in Jessica's side. And I'm like, no, <laughs> it's called K is for karaoke. They're performing karaoke tracks. They're doing this on purpose. They just want it to sound exactly like the original song, but with their guitar tone. So yeah. I'm just, I'm, and I don't know if I really believe that or I'm just like going against the grain of everyone else that I hear all the time. Because probably if I think of some of my favorite covers, they are like transformative. They're not necessarily, unless... One thing I always think about is like when it comes to covers is people who would do covers of songs that you don't necessarily know and it doesn't come with that baggage yes. of of it being a band you've heard of or even a song you heard of before. Like one of my, fir- I think one of the first times I ever learned about what a cover was, I mean, certainly I understood like someone can perform a song that's not theirs, like, but the idea that a band would take a song that existed by another band and like put it on their album and kind of make it their own was Knowledge, the Operation Ivy yeah. song when Green Day oh, did it. Yes. Especially because that was such a huge staple in their whole like repertoire up until American Idiot. Like that, that like became their song, but it was an Operation yeah. Ivy song. And I didn't know who Operation Ivy was. Yeah. Especially because like, this, this is like, I'm talking about when I was in middle school and there was no internet, there was internet but it was even before the internet people talk about when they're like, oh, there was internet. Like, I know I'm talking about 1996 internet where it's just HTML and there's no <laughs> video and audio or anything. Yeah. Like I, I was able to learn who Operation Ivy was, but I couldn't like go out and listen to them unless I dropped, you know, the $18 for a CD and I did had no idea who they were. So I didn't do that. Yes. So I thought of that as a Green Day song, knowing it wasn't written by them because it had the credit on the back. Yeah, but like that just kind of existed as a Green Day song in my head forever, and then eventually I did hear the Operation Ivy track because I got huge into ska, and that was obviously a route to go to. But like, then those songs could kind of live harmoniously. Those two versions were able to live harmoniously in my head, and I didn't never thought of which one is better. Yeah, I kind of thought they both belong with both bands. That's true. Like especially within the context of like Green Day's roots and like they sort of ran in the same circles like when they were kids and sort of back when they were playing like Gilman Street and that like to trot out something like knowledge that was a sort of signal of like we've done our homework like we are 
in this kind of like wholeheartedly and so yeah like I can totally see because I remember I guess I'd probably be the internet generation one below you Dan where I was like oh Operation Ivy never heard of them because Green Day were like my first band that I got like super duper into so I remember like listening to the Operation Ivy one and being like wow this is completely different but again that sort of opened my eyes to just your more straightforward like punk if not like scar influenced punk like it's just super fascinating to be able to regard the two as different signposts for different things like right for me the green day one sort of symbolizes like the sense of community they had when they started and the way they sort of keep referring back to it like i can't oh man the last time i saw green day would have been for probably revolution radio so like i can't remember if they did the whole thing of like bringing someone up on stage to play knowledge but yeah like to me i i'm in a similar mind to you where i regard the two as like completely different entities right and yeah it's so that yeah I was going to say, say that kind of seems like a rare thing that can happen maybe once yeah. in a while, but it, it definitely seems to happen like if a band covers a song by a band that maybe isn't as big as them. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. Whereas yeah. that's kind of the opposite point of the Punk Goes comps, even though a generation of kids who might have listened to the Punk Goes comps wouldn't necessarily know the original artists. I yeah. think object, objectively, the artists that were being covered were all technically bigger than the most of the bands covering them. Definitely. Like, I, I think you could say the Bangles were bigger than Reliant K. <laughs> <laughs> Look, it's a reach, but I think I could agree with you. <laughs> it sort of depends. Like, with the, like, half of the Punk Goes Metal album, which sort of rankles me a little bit, it's, a lot of it is just, like, ballads and stadium rock. Yeah. So I could see, like... I mean, who did the Ataris cover? The Ataris covered like Skid Row, I think. So I, Ooh, yeah, something like that. I'd like to think that the Ataris were bigger than Skid Row ever was. I, I guess in terms of like enduring bands, though, like I feel like Skid Row is one of those names that gets thrown out as an example of their scene. Yeah, I feel like you can buy a Skid Row T-shirt at like Walmart, but you can't buy yeah. an Ataris T-shirt at yeah. Walmart. Yeah, that's true. That's when you know you've made it. It's like, yeah. <laughs> oh man but um sorry i'm blanking a bit i'm still just like yeah operation (laughs) (laughs) but um so within the context of like what you guys regard as like good versus not as good covers how do you feel about the way reliant k did handle um god i was about to say knowledge Manic Monday. Manic Monday. <laughs> that would be sick, though. If they haven't already, I highly suggest that they cover knowledge. That would be great. <laughs> I think this is like one of their... They only have a handful of covers that aren't on that uh, covers album, which, yeah. like I said, is a later project. It's 2011. Yep. So it is kind of past their pop punk time. Mm-hmm. But um, like this is like one of their best it kind is. of cover projects because they did transform it so well i feel like like they made it so fun especially when i went back and i listened to the apollonia prince demo yeah and i realized it just has and i i really like prince i've done some deep diving on prince especially his like first four or five albums recently yeah 
Yeah. But that like that kind of shuffling drum beat that you kind of think of with Raspberry Beret. Yes. Yeah. Like it it in the Apollonia Six original demo version, it, that shuffling drum beat for Manic Monday got so repetitive and like even though it was only three minutes, the Apollonia demo, I just found kind of like, okay, it's kind of like, I know the song. It's probably a benefit that I know the melody and I know the song, but I'm like, if I heard this and had no idea who Manic Monday was, I'd be like, this song kind of, you know, it needed a little, little bit more changes up, you know, changing up, which then he ends, Prince ends up giving it to the Bangles. And for the most part, it's one sort of, what's the word it's it's one not one note because that's a negative way of saying it but it's it's one like proper like kind of tone one sort of thing that most of the time when there's a bridge that changes it up but they don't change up the tone of the bridge they that just kind of like changes up you know the melody the chord progressions or whatever like a bridge normally does but then relying k comes along and they elevated it where they took all those sections of the song and they actually kind of make each one its own little part yeah but they're kind of like cutting it out of the same cloth but it all feels like totally like they completely transformed the bridge and um and one thing you guys talk about all the time and we actually talk about it in our regular lives so it was like when i started listening to your podcast i was like oh good people agree with this idea is it's (laughs) it's lame when people change pronouns in cover songs yes especially if the guy singing and they're like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. it's like, oh, I don't want people to think I'm gay, so I'm going to exactly. change the pronouns. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, I understand it, like, maybe if it's, like, a Broadway thing and it's, like, actually a narrative story, you know, it's a narrative, so you're actually, whatever. But who, it, maybe. But my point is, <laughs> yeah, like, he didn't change the pronouns in this at all. And then, yeah. so he's kissing Valentino. But you know that... Matt Thiessen isn't doing that. Like, you know, he's, he's not literally singing. He's doing these things. Yeah. Like he knows it's a song. And if you're in the car singing a song, you're not going to change the pronouns or anything like that. Yeah. But yeah. yeah. And my one, my one thing I always wondered is they do switch up the, um, he tells me in his bedroom voice part, they change yeah. it up with the, he tells me in his quiet ride quiet voice. Part. I was like, is saying was saying the word bedroom just a little too whatever? And they were like, let's just change this part up. Was this like to come on feel? Yeah, yeah. To come on. <laughs> well, I have two minds of it. Like one, it's just funny or fun to like switch it up and make it extra eighties. Yes. Because yeah. like this yeah. was a relative. This was still a relatively new thing. The whole punk goes right. This was the first punk goes eighties, right? Yes. It was. Yeah. First and nine. Yeah. 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 Oh, okay. And so definitely one of the earlier yeah. ones. Yeah. Yeah. So I think probably, oh, and I didn't mention this, but I the, the one member of the band that we kind of have an open rapport with online, yeah. I checked with him on a few things. And oh. one thing I asked him was, uh, and I'll, I'll tell you more of what he said, but one thing he said was, um, it was Fearless that came to them and asked them to be on this comp. Hey. So this hey. wasn't... Okay. Yeah, so this wasn't like a like they recorded this and then Fearless got wind of it or like any record executive was like, oh, hey, you know, they have this Punk Goes 80s thing over there. It was like, yeah, yeah. Fearless Records actually came to Reliant K and said, do you want to be on this? Uh, it's John, uh, John Schneck is the guitarist who yeah. we like speak to. And he um, he said he doesn't remember whose pick the song was, if it, if that was the record, one of the record labels or if that was the band or whatever. Right. But um, yeah, yeah. That's so because I always feel yeah. like they 
I always feel like Fearless picks some of them because some of the bands really don't seem like they want to be doing the song, and it's just like, all right, let's get in and get out and get it done. Like, but yeah, I always wondered because sorry, like yeah. Punko's well, Relaying K is on Punko's acoustic. I don't think that that song was done for Fearless. I, I'm pretty yeah. sure yeah. that was just done by Relaying K because it's on an EP. Yeah along with other acoustic versions of songs from that era of their band. Yeah. So I was always kind of curious, like, how does Fearless do that? Do they, like, would they go out and kind of get a couple flagship covers and then, like, or would they ask everybody? I don't know. But, like, at at least I learned that. No, that's awesome. Yeah, the acoustic ones kind of always, to me, felt like it was, like, the bonus material of each band's, like, you know, Japanese releases or something, you know, they put out an acoustic song or something. Yeah. 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 Um, But yeah, like going back to the point about the changing the lyrics to reference quite right. We were talking about this exact. And you will, when this episode releases, you'll hear me sing some quiet, right? You will. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Because yeah, we were sort of thinking like, in a way, like you do wonder if they're, not so much sanitizing is just sort of taking it down a notch, just given like that might not necessarily be something they want to be yeah. so um, obvious about. But then at the same time, it is such a clever nod to just the 80s theme. Like, right. A nod to the music they enjoyed of yeah. the 80s or just the overall, like they are basically taking this, like it fits the brief, like they've taken what they were asked to do and like... Yeah delivered in space it's just yeah right like if they couldn't have i know i was gonna say because to me it sounds like a i mean i've said this already but it sounds like a song that would play on like an early 2000s disney movie yes and (laughs) but in the best possible way like like a movie with Lindsay lohan or amanda bynes in it yeah right i would thoroughly enjoy that something it's it feels clever like to reference quiet to replace bedroom voice with quiet riot voice it feels clever and it feels like it ties into the whole comp theme if they hadn't been able to come up with something like that like if quiet if come on feel the noise didn't exist or whatever like and they didn't have another good reference like that maybe they would have just left the original lyric like they wouldn't have worked harder to replace bedroom voice yeah definitely (laughs) But no, I do. But yeah. Sorry, you go. Um. So so yeah. So I so I talked to uh, John Schneck, who, like, so Crash Course on Reliant K. Beautiful. For yes, please. <laughs> for what what you would kind of call their youth group years, where they were doing church shows, and like I would talk to them, and like half the shows I saw them at were literally at churches that I would other that I, that I otherwise never went to. Like I just went to that church to see that show, never went back to it. Uh, like drove and New England is a smaller region in terms of like the six states that it is. So I could drive to all these major cities within two hours of each other. So it was like we ha- I had more advantages to see tours multiple times than to have to drive like six hours apart. So their youth group years, they had four members. Mm-hmm. Um, their bass player left in 2004, getting into 2005, yeah. and they so- sort of totally changed up with the band was going to be at that point, Matt Thiessen was like actually getting more piano. So when you hear all the piano in this track and you hear a lot of piano in the album mm-hmm, and the albums after that, it's because they were like, okay, well, 
our original bass player left. We're going to bring in a new bass player. We're going to bring in a second, uh, a, uh, a third guitarist. Yeah. But Matisson will be on the piano half the time. So sometimes they have three guitars on stage and sometimes it's actually two guitars and Matisson on piano. We did notice um, that. Three yeah. guitars. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because sometimes you guys have talked about like bands that have too many members and too many guitarists, oh, and like thirty-eight special had two drummers, <laughs> right? <laughs> playing playing the same beat. So, <laughs> so I always, I wondered what it would be like when you realized that the Lion Case sometimes had three guitarists. If that would be like, why is this happening? But it's really because they had two guitarists, and really the lead singer was like, "I'm going to play piano half the time now, so yeah. we need an extra guitarist on stage to." fill it out when I'm, you know, playing piano. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it was a big, and I didn't really know this because I never listened to something corporate and I never listened to Jack's Mannequin. Oh, did you guys, did you ever listen to those? So apparently like Matt Thiessen was actually buddies with the guy. And I don't remember his name right now, but <laughs> the Jack, yeah. yeah. Uh, so he was, um, the, he worked, Matt Thiessen wrote a couple songs on the Jack's Mannequin album. Oh. And so I, I'm curious now, like if I ever get to talk to Matt Thiessen again, <laughs> I yeah. talked to him when I was a kid, but if we ever talked to him in the context of the show, like was Reliant K becoming more piano driven along with, you know, something corporate and Jack's Mannequin already doing that? Was like Jack's Mannequin the influence in that? Or was like, were they influencing each other because they were both friends? You know, I'm not really sure yeah. what the answer is there. But anyway, yeah, oh, sorry, like, go ahead. There was a definite market for that piano driven rock. And again, it's yeah. like, yeah, like you said, like did Reliant K sort of follow along with that or was it an organic thing? Because yeah, for me, whenever I think of like pop punk, but with a dash of piano, it's something corporate. And mm. like, I got into them late, but in the US, like I know they were huge for like a hot minute, which, yeah. well, relatively speaking. Um, right. So yeah, I'm just, while you're talking, I'm looking up the notes for, the songs that Matt Thiessen helped with. And yeah, so on the album People and Things, which is a really good album. So that's so cool. Anyway, I'll let you keep going. (laughs) So so the third guitarist that they eventually brought on is named John Schneck. Yep. Uh, And then he eventually kind of like left the band in 2013-ish, 2014-13. And so he's the one that we had on our show and that we kind of still talk with online. Yeah. And he said, um, so I asked him, like, do you have any insight into Manic Monday? Yeah. And he said, the main lead guitar, like, at the beginning is him. Oh. Like, that's actually, yeah. Nice. And it was one of the first things he recorded with the band because he was brought in after mm-hmm, had already hit the, you know, stores. It had already been released. Yeah. The album mm-hmm, is done with the original four-member youth group lineup. Yeah, but then it also was kind of a perfect transition for them because they already put all the piano on that album. Yes. But then it was during the tour for that album where they became a five piece and it was wow. really organic change for them in terms of their history. But apparently like John Schneck hadn't been on Mm-hmm and this Manic Monday cover is kind of like a B-side to Mm-hmm. Oh, Jessica had a note for that, right? Yeah, it's on their Mm-hmm 10 album yeah they re-released the 10th anniversary of the Mm -hmm album this was included as like a bonus you know part of the bonus tracks of that like so they consider this cover to be part of the era that was the album Mm -hmm. and uh this was yeah this was one of the first songs that he did and he got to play the lead on it uh fearless approached them he doesn't remember who picked the song 
Yeah. Oh, they recorded it at Markley Townsend's studio. And Markley Townsend is like there. He's like the extra member of Reliant K. He's like the guy that has recorded most of, he's the producer that's recorded almost all of their material. Oh, like wow. there's only two albums out of their seven, <laughs> eight, okay. I should know this. <laughs> that there's only two albums he didn't officially produce. And yeah. even one of those two albums that he didn't produce, he still came in and, and picked up three songs that they were having trouble with. Yeah. So he's like basically produced you know, 98% of their material and they recorded it at that producer's studio. Oh, that's um, That's one of the things that we, we mentioned is they, especially in their earlier years, they worked. Oh my gosh. Just, just yeah. at an album yeah. a year, it seemed like for a while. We were just going through yeah. just a quick overview of their um, discography. We we're just like, my God, like, because they started in 98, was it? Um, like it just, yeah. yeah. Yeah, the sheer amount of work they put out in like maybe five, six year window was just nuts. But it's so right. <laughs> uh, and the last note that I have from John is that they never played this song live that he can remember, but they played it at sound checks a lot, and Ooh. it just never worked out. Yeah, but it never worked out to actually put it in the set. So I looked on YouTube and I didn't find any stuff of the band performing it live. So yeah. I guess it never was. No. Um, Thank you so much for yeah, the no, extra that was amazing. Yeah. analysis because we, yeah. <laughs> we, we got into, we literally were like, this is the band. We think they cover's good. Like we don't. So <laughs> yeah, we were definitely like, we need, yeah, Jess and Dan to come on and give us like an expert's view of the band. Yeah. Because yeah, it always, there's a point where it feels kind of disingenuous for us to try and like give a huge background to a band that we don't have that history with. Like, yeah. Because yeah, it does sound a bit hollow when we're just like, and then they did this, and then they did this. Um, <laughs> well, there's so many bands you guys have to talk about. Like, I can't, wouldn't expect you to <laughs> know every yeah. band. <laughs> two, at least, almost, usually two in every episode. Yeah. Yeah. The acoustic <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and we've still got so much longer to go. I know. Yeah. <laughs> it's one thing that we can hold constant, so that's good. It's like when all else fails... We will have an episode out on Friday. Yep. Uh, so, yeah. Did you have any other Reliant K questions? Oh, man. <laughs> I wish I did. I don't know if I... Because, like, for me, Reliant K was, like... Because, yeah, I didn't grow up in a religious family, but we went to an Anglican college or high school, I should say. So... I had friends or like peers that were super into Reliant K, but for some reason, I think, I reckon Be My Escape was probably the only single I heard at the time, just because it sort of transcended past just the rest of their discography yeah. in terms of like charting. And like, I think my sister had it downloaded just on some random mix CD mm. or something. But, um, okay. But yeah, like, thinking, do you have any? Okay, sorry. No, that's okay. Like thinking back to the people who enjoyed them, like they thoroughly enjoyed them. Like they were yeah. really big fans and like had a real affection for them. So I think I always just, there was part of me that wanted to listen to their stuff just to get acquainted with it because I love how affectionate their fans were mm. about the work. But um, yeah, it's one of those things I think similar to like you said earlier, Dan, in terms of like you only have so much 
never mind money, but just like bandwidth to like be that internet or just mental bandwidth to explore things that you're not already familiar with. Yeah. Um, right. So yeah, like for instance, like hearing you talk about like something corporate, Jack's money, I'm like, yep, hundred percent. But then where that's a gap on your end, it's a gap on mine. So it's, I love talking to people who can fill in those gaps for us. I my, suppose. And my knowledge of them was on MSN Messenger. And just like seeing other people who I had on MSN Messenger, and like you could see their music, and I'm like, who is Rallyant K? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. No, did you have any? Oh, I was going to ask. Do you guys have any general questions about like Christian punk and stuff? Because I can, oh. and especially because there's so many random like Tooth and Nail and Christian punk bands sprinkled throughout Punk Goes. Because especially you know Punk Goes was like sort of primo time of uh christian pop punk crossing over and like not it being normalized like and not seeming necessarily as uh much of an other thing yeah yeah, I would, yeah. like for uh for one of the things is that like as an adult looking back and like seeing other podcasts and people talking on twitter and doing this podcast and talking to our listeners is that I wasn't raised in what you would call what people are now calling labeling evangelical. Like yeah. I was just sort of regular Protestant Christian. Yeah. And my parents had been Catholics and like their, you know, Catholicism wasn't the be all end all of their everyday life. So mm-hmm. when they converted to becoming born again, Protestant Christians, they just kind of like went to a church and they went to church on Sundays and they do community stuff maybe throughout the week sometimes and that would be it but then like when i got into high school and there were other christian music festivals and christian bands i was like oh cool there's i listen to punk music i listen to ska music and there's more bands over here they just happen to sing about jesus and i don't really mind because i know what jesus is it doesn't really affect me to hear them it doesn't it doesn't you know give me uh, you know, uncomfortable chills to hear them singing about Jesus. So I was like, yeah. oh, I get more, I get more bands over here, and that's really what <laughs> it was for me. <laughs> but then, like over time, like looking back, and I'm like, oh, there was this like whole thing going on, blossoming in America at the time, where it's like this evangelical culture of like you only listen to Christian bands and you only buy the Christian grocery products or whatever and you only use the christian makeup products like i don't even know like that wasn't the way i was raised and I, my parents actually became more like that later on yeah. like as that was more available to them so i just kind of it, it seems glib but like i did i did look at christian punk as like oh i just get some extra bands and i got to listen to them and it wasn't <laughs> a big deal i didn't separate necessarily the christian music from the non-christian music i knew like especially because like MXPX was one of my first big favorite bands and they just yeah. happened to be Christian. Yeah. And it didn't, it didn't even matter. Like they personally, when you look at their history, they played regular clubs with regular bands. They yeah. hated playing churches from early on in their career. Like they didn't want to do that. Like they wanted to play with Epitaph bands and Fat Wreck bands and stuff. They didn't want to, and Blimey 2 and stuff. They didn't want to like be a, even though they wrote Christian lyrics and they were in Christian bookstores, they didn't want to play churches and they didn't Yeah. for the most part. So like they kind of tempered my whole understanding of what a Christian punk band could be. So like Reliant K was a band that played youth groups and played churches and stuff, but it was clear 
to me, like eventually they didn't necessarily think they had to do that forever. They wanted to play like the McDonald's tour. There's like all this footage of a McDonald's and the Nintendo Wii oh, the tour Nintendo that they did. Yeah. <laughs> we have definitely heard about the Nintendo one, but I need to know everything about the McDonald's tour. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I think we need to do a deep dive on that just as a separate. Like you've sort of, yeah, you've hit the nail on the head there in terms of, I think for me, like I, the people who listen to them, well, Reliant K, I should say, religiously, pardon the pun, like they also were quite devout in their faith. Like it was sort of to the, um, like, what's the word? Like they listened to these kinds of bands exclusively like there wasn't that sort of holistic look at just punk in general that kind of thing um so i think in that sense like had there been a few more like peers in my class that were more along the lines of how you looked at music of like oh yeah so this is like i guess the same way like i always regarded like paramore for example like they have become a bit less obviously like christian but even to begin with they were, it was one of those things like they're a band that just happened to be Christian, yeah. not a Christian band. Christian sure Newfound Glory is the same as yeah, well. Yeah, like Newfound Glory. They're Christians that are in a pop punk band. Yeah. yeah. So I think, yeah, I must have, I think I caught like the sort of backwards view of what Reliant K was about, probably because just, yeah, my experience of who was listening to them mm. at the time. Um, right. But yeah, in saying that, like again, and it sucks because, like, yeah, I hear things like I remember listening to Wrecking Hotel Rooms by MXPX for the first time, like, only a couple of years ago. I was like, man, this is so good. Like, where was I? At the yeah. Time? <laughs> um, and again, it was another one that was on my periphery, but it was like, yeah. I can have either Blink or MXPX in my life at that time. And I was like, <laughs> well, Mark Hoppus is on that song. So that was like the perfect gateway <laughs> yeah. to that song. I think yeah that's the bit that always does my head in is just that sort of like sliding doors type situations like I could have ended up being like a super fan of this band but instead here we are yeah Um, right but I still see tweets because I I troll I not troll but I I like (laughs) I uh what's the word I like spy on everyone who tweets about Reliant K yeah, I, I'm constantly like I'll go back until I figure out where I where I left off last time, and so I see plenty of people who are like, "Wait, Ryan K is Christian," and mm-hmm. sometimes people are like, like upset or whatever, especially because their later song, their mid level songs like "Mm-hmm" and later, yeah. th- they mastered Matt Thiessen as a lyricist, kind of mastered the the idea of like writing songs that could be Christian themes. Yes. but could also be more universal themes like maybe mental health or love or whatever. Yeah. And the idea, I believe through doing this podcast that in most cases when it's that way, he actually wants it to be both. And yeah. if you don't bring a religious point of view to it, then it's not a religious point of view. And if you do bring a religious point of view to it, it is a religious point of view. So, but then like people will learn they're Christian and be like, Oh fuck. Like, be my escape was a religious song and now it's not about love and I'm mad, but like, I'm like, no, be my escape is literally like poetry can be about both things. It can have text and subtext and 
two different sets of subtext, like it can work that way. Exactly now that being said, that being said, there are songs that are not flat out not religious that we then see people online arguing like this song is religious and we're like no it literally can't be because if you do that then it makes god like seem like the worst thing in the world because this was meant as a breakup song and you're like making god <laughs> seem like the worst boyfriend in the world <laughs> it, it to me it sounds like the awakening that a lot of right-wing people have had over the last couple of years oh. by going wait rage against the machines a political band yeah, it's just like... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> What lyrics were you listening to? I love that. Like a band that says, fuck you, I won't do what you tell me. Well, like, but it's the, it's the same song that's that's saying that, you know, the police are in the KKK. Like, yeah, true. Yeah. Oh, man. I guess my key Reliant K question is, so for someone who's a complete newbie to them, so me, for instance, what's the one album that you would recommend to me? to just get an idea of their ethos as a band, their sound, just the kind of personality they carry. Forget and not slow down. Beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. That's like their, you know, most, a lot of bands have an album that might not be their biggest seller or like the one that like everyone knows the title, but it's the one that like, that the fans will say, this is their best album. Yeah. That's the album. Forget and Not Slow Down is that album for Reliant K where it like didn't have the biggest marketing budget compared to the previous two albums and stuff, but yeah. it's like artistically their height. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Awesome. I yeah, Sam, I know you told me not to mention it, but we are we've been put back in a snap lockdown, which means we can have two hours of exercise. So I'm going for to hopefully five days. Yes, so <laughs> fingers crossed. So I'm going to spend a portion of my two hours going for a walk in relatively nice weather. I'm going to listen to Forget and Not Slow Down and get back to you on that because Thanks. Yeah, it's long overdue. I remember like the amount of times I've seen like mm-hmm, or even Forget and Not Slow Down in someone's like collection. I'm just like, I really should have listened to that by now. Um, right. <laughs> but yeah, I think, look, in terms of just pivoting away from Reliant K, just you guys, this is your space to, yeah, promote whatever you want to promote. Like how can Reliant K fans reach out to you guys if they haven't already? Uh, Where can we listen to Sadie Hawkins' pod? This is your space to advertise as much or as little as you'd like. And then hell yeah, hell yeah, nah. (laughs) Oh, that's right. Um, so yeah, we have, uh, we're on inst- mainly Instagram and Twitter are two social medias and they're both Sadie Hawkins pod. Yep. Um, we're on Spotify and, and, uh, Apple podcasts and, and everything I've learned is a podcast app. I've tried to make sure to submit it there. So hopefully we're mo- more or less everywhere. Um, and I also run a Twitter account and an Instagram called MXPX memes. Yeah. That was kind of my, like, <laughs> that was kind of my first foray into like, uh, dankery. I don't know. <laughs> I've, I don't post as much on there all the time. Like I used to be constant on there on Twitter and Instagram, but like now with the podcast, I actually I'm split pretty 50, 50. Yeah. Um, Are you I think you've already told me this. Are you already, already, are you also picks good to dances? Oh, that's right. That's (laughs) right. Because on the Blank 155 Facebook, you shared 
the it's just Scott Pikachu. I just call it Scott Pikachu because that's the Twitter hand. That's the handle. Um, yeah. So a couple like when the when the Pokemon Detective Pikachu movie came out, there was a meme that had nothing to do with me where where like they had Pikachu the the new CGI Pikachu dancing for like two minutes. Like, and someone like oh like new like the movies just linked online kind of thing Check right yeah. yeah and um so someone took this like two seconds where it looks out of the whole dance where it looks like he's skanking <laughs> and they put that they put that two seconds to uh impression that i get and yeah. i looked at that meme which had nothing to do with me like you know god love whoever made that meme they, they've given me another outlet i was like oh i could do so much more with this so i took that two seconds and i made a twitter account i don't have an instagram for it because instagram has too much copyright match and so basically i take that same two seconds of pikachu footage and i just match it to different ska, ska songs on twitter it's at scott pikachu yeah. uh and then I once in a while think of like a ska Pikachu meme or a ska meme and I'll post it there. I'll, you know, I don't just do, I, I mostly just do these videos, but if I think of something kind of on the periphery, I'll post it to, to that Twitter. And one thing I did was when they did the, when, when uh, Travis Barker had that video for the Blink-182 tour, I think, the, was it the Little Wayne tour? Yeah. yeah. And he's in the he's in that video with the porn star who's just like the the nurse from the enema cover, but it's a different porn star than the one that's on the cover. Yeah. And like I took that clip and I made a bunch of memes from that where like Travis like wakes up from his medical coma and he looks over and he's about to see the the nurse dancing sexy, but instead I would cut in different like ridiculous dancing memes. <laughs> and one of them I did was the ska Pikachu meme. <laughs> and I was like, well, I can post this to my stuff and I can post this to Scott Pikachu. And then you found it and like you posted it to Blink-155 Facebook group. And I'm like, uh, do you know this is me? <laughs> <laughs> that just made my day. Like I was honestly like laughing so hard. I was crying when I first saw that. I it really, it just hits the spot. It tickles me so much. <laughs> and, uh, I am forever grateful for Scarpy. Yeah. <laughs> never yeah. Smile. So yeah, anyone who enjoys a very specific crossover of Scar and Pokemon. <laughs> Pokemon, yeah. It's brilliant. I want to do a cut of the entirety of Detective Pikachu, but all the music is just Scar. Ooh, that would be um yeah i'm trying do you guys have anything else that you want to plug anything you want to ask us anything you want to say to the listenership that we have no i think i'm good oh my only my last note that i didn't get to on this song is i always thought towards the middle of the song the bangles and by extension any cover i thought it was blame it on the train but the bus is already there yes. yeah yeah but did you guys go over this? But it's actually the bus is already there. So I thought it's like she missed the bus, so she takes the train, but then the bus got there on time or something like that. But no, it turns out she got on, she missed the bus, she takes the train, and her boss is already there. Yeah. I was convinced through every cover, every ver every time I'd ever heard the real song on the radio, that it was the bus is already there. And it was this week. I was today years old. Well, I was like three days ago years old when I realized it's the bus is the boss is already there. 
I mean, just because the boss is already there doesn't mean that you're late. But you know. it's one of those things, right? Like, but no amount of excuses will like the boss is already there. So like, presumably they took an earlier train to get to work. So why can't you? Like, yeah, right. Yeah, because I remember having the same thing. Like I looked at Genius and someone specifically annotated like there's a lot of division between whether it's bus or boss and i guess <laughs> either way but i like the idea of it being the boss because i can just so wholeheartedly relate to that thing of just like yeah just being like chronically late and also because <laughs> our cat right. boss exactly and our cat boss he will not suffer <laughs> <laughs> to work when i'm working from home for example um but no, oh yeah and our podcast has an as an animal mascot as well. Her name's April. She's our chee weenie. Yeah. She's Aww. also our, we call her our podcast engineer. Yes, I love it. <laughs> she does a horrible job to be quite honest. Yeah. She just <laughs> lays down and sleeps all day. If you ever saw the the, the germs movie, yep. if you ever see the germs biopic and then they like cut to one shot mm-hmm. of the, a character playing Joan Jett sleeping on a couch and that's J- the Joan Jett whole cameo. No. It's like, it's, it says like Joan Jett, producer of this album, and it's just her sleeping on the couch. That's oh, April all yeah. the time. Oh, go April! <laughs> Please tell me you have April merch. I feel like the populace is calling out for it. I could be wrong. We need to make some. Yeah, we've only just yeah. vaguely ventured into merch ideas. Mm. So, oh, we've we've started making some. We have. Yeah. We just haven't shared it with anyone. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I think at some point we'll need boss merch mostly so I can wear a picture of our boss. <laughs> yeah. Wear a picture of our boss, our comma boss. boss. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Capitalized boss. So no, if you guys do some April merch, I will absolutely get some. Okay. <laughs> um, so before we let you guys get back to your... Lives. Yeah, morning? Yeah. Evening. It's evening. Like, quarter of 8pm. Thank you. Um, so yeah, we like to assess our tracks by using the metric hell yeah or yeah nah. So what do you guys think of both the original and the cover of Manic Monday? I think it's hell yeah for both. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I reckon like give the original a bit of a deep dive. Yeah. Whereas the the cover, it can just be like you can just listen to it and it's enjoyable. Yeah. Like, you don't need to look into it. It's just like this fucking rules. <laughs> yeah. Like immediately, like hell yeah for Reliant K. It took me a while to come around to Manic Monday as a concept, but then, mm. as everyone will have heard in the episode previously on, um, <laughs> yeah, it ended up being a very resounding hell yeah, yeah. which I wasn't expecting. So. And we didn't talk. We didn't even talk about Prince that much, but he wrote the song. Yeah, it's like, like even the lyrics and stuff. So how does Prince understand what a manic Monday is? <laughs> He's like one of the most like, like, like he made his own path his whole life. Like, what kind of manic? You know, what kind of nine to five job did he do? I don't really know, but he was a he was a superstar from like his twenties on. So it's funny that he was like, yeah, manic Monday. Yeah. Gotta get to work, gotta take the bus. <laughs> if it was manic for Prince, then it must just be absolute chaos. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's not that thing of like, don't forget you also, like, I always hear it for Beyonce, which feels particularly cruel, but like any, like, huge celebrity, usually a woman, and people be like, oh, like, remember, they also only have 24 hours in the day. It's like, no, they don't. They have 24 hours multiplied by however many 
staff they have help <laughs> right like, be realistic here like you cannot achieve the same things in a day that they can because you don't have those resources but right that's a conversation yeah like I hate like you know I, I I try to be reasonable when it comes to songwriters who might like write a song about like the whole uh, Blink One Fifty Five college uh, going away to college controversy. Yeah. Like I was very much against Sam on that, <laughs> and maybe like a little too much so. But I'm like, yeah, Mark Hoppus barely went to college. He you know he experiences they were literal fiction inspired by movies. Yeah. That song was, but it's like still like we you know we all kind of. I can still imagine Mark Hopp. I know Mark Hoppus and Tom DeLonge had like real uh, experiences as, you know, uh, coming up and making Blink-182 their own and yeah. like not necessarily having like all of the support right away, you know, but I'm still, I'm, but I'm still like, well, Prince, I don't know, did yeah. he really? <laughs> Similar to like, yeah, I don't know. And even, like, I feel like Prince takes on, like, similar to David Bowie, like, a kind of mythical presence as well. Like, yeah. Right. Yeah. Upgraded yeah. down, like, a completely different wavelength to your average Joe. Yeah, I think it was just, like, when they both died, it was like, but how? They were they a mortal alien. Right. Just be <laughs> in the fabric of, yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, anyway, we are, <laughs> yes. Um, thank you again so, so much. Yes, thank you. Um... No problem. Thank you. Dad, please listen to Sadie Hawkins pod wherever any good podcasts are peddled, sold, greens. <laughs> um, oh, that's right. You can go to our Patreon, which is patreon.com slash Sadie Hawkins pod. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we, yeah. Um, we talk about uh, Reliant K covers there. And uh, there was this book that Reliant K really didn't have anything to do with. It's a really, really bad Christian uh, teenage relationship book that basically like the publisher was like, can we put your name on this? And we've been reading through it chapter by chapter and picking apart every paragraph. <laughs> and it's been awesome. Oh, I love that. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, hello, April. Was that April? Hello. Yeah. <laughs> She's saying hi. <laughs> She's agreeing. She's like, yes, go to Sadie Hawkins pod. Go to patreon.com slash Sadie Hawkins pod. Exactly. <laughs> no, do what April says.